the snowblower ready, by the way? No. <laughs> okay, great. This is going to be fun. Um, <laughs> so, Ricky, do you have any um, shout-outs to make? Yeah, I'd like to shout-out my mom, my no. dad. <laughs> what? They don't even listen to our podcast. Oh, patron. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Shout-out to Aaron. Hey, Aaron. Thanks so much for supporting this podcast. You're amazing. You are a solo supporter this week. Hey, we worked really hard on this episode. I think we did. Yeah, and this one's this one's a um, a bundle. I was up late last night doing it. I think we had like forty five pages of content. Wow, it's a long show. <laughs> yeah. So guys, prepare, buckle up. I hope you brought some popcorn, a snack, a drink, something like that, because we got a we got a case for you. Stay hydrated. All right, guys, let's jump into this week's episode. In terms of obtaining a story to pull at heartstrings and stuff like that. I'm not looking here for the media to sensationalize a tragedy, okay? I don't want to do interviews. Did you look at the video to see if you saw anybody, recognized anything about the last time you spoke with her? And were you guys in the house maybe texting? Yes, no, yes. Yes. In the five years since she was found brutally murdered, Missy Beavers' death continues to baffle police, her family, and the internet. There is no apparent reason anyone who knew Missy would want her dead. Despite capturing the assailant on security cameras and the distinctness of their appearance, there is still no plausible suspects. Investigators can't even determine if her attacker is a man or a woman. And based on the footage, there was only a limited window of opportunity where she would have been alone. So how did this beloved fitness coach and mother end up in a pool of blood in the minutes before she was supposed to start class? Born in Graham, Texas, on August 9, 1970, Terry Strickland was the only daughter of James and Norma Strickland, a small-town girl through and through. Terry, or Missy, as everyone always called her, had two brothers, Clifford and Clint. Though she was born in Graham, Missy and her brothers spent most of their lives growing up in Jacksboro, Texas, a small town of less than 5,000 people. Even as a child, Missy loved people. As a little girl, she was a social butterfly who loved to make friends. There wasn't a single person Missy didn't want to include, as long as they were willing to have fun. Missy graduated from Jacksboro High School in 1988 and started college. But as a young 18-year-old, Missy was still trying to figure out what she wanted from life. She transferred in and out of a few colleges before she found the right school for her. At Tarleton State University, a public university of 14,000 students outside of Fort Worth, Texas, and only an hour away from her family in Jacksboro, Missy thrived and worked on getting her Bachelor's of Science. And she graduated in the spring of 1995 at the age of 25 years old and went right into the workforce. So for a few years after graduating college, Missy worked in retail at the department store called Bell's. And while she was working there in 1997, she befriended an older co-worker named Marsha Tucker. Marsha was a local woman who had a son about Missy's age who worked in the Tucker family's fuel distribution business. As soon as Marsha met Missy, she knew that her oldest son, Brandon, was going to like her. 
Playing matchmaker, Marsha gave Missy her son's number, and the two started talking. Brandon and Missy decided to meet up for their first date during one of Missy's work breaks at Bell's. Even though it was just a casual lunch, Brandon showed up in a tuxedo. He had been to a wedding earlier that day and wore the same outfit. Missy loved it. And for Brandon, after that first lunch, he knew that he had found the one. Nine months after they met, Missy and Brandon married on June 20th, 1998. Brandon had plans to move out of town, and Missy was ready to follow him anywhere. But ultimately, they didn't want to leave their families in Texas. After their wedding, they went on a short honeymoon cruise around Alaska and began their life together in Texas. Missy Strickland, now Missy Beavers, quit her job at Bell's and went back to school to get her teaching certificate in special education. She taught for two years until she became pregnant with the couple's first child. Missy gave birth to her daughter, Hannah, on March 11, 2001. And though she loved teaching, Missy decided to stay home to care for her daughter. She wanted to be the best mom she could be. Two years later, on March 7, 2003, Missy and Brandon had a second daughter, Allison. And then again, three years later, on November 6, 2007, their third child was born, Sarah. Missy loved her family unconditionally and loved being a stay-at-home mom. She homeschooled each of her kids and encouraged them to dream big and believe that all things were possible. She and Brandon raised their kids in the church, instilling in them a belief in God. Her daughters loved sports and had busy schedules that kept Missy running around for years as they grew up. As Missy and her girls got older, Missy grew more and more determined to get into shape, particularly after each pregnancy. By the time her youngest daughter had reached second grade in 2016, Missy was ready for a new career as a fitness instructor. Now, in her late 30s, early 40s, Missy was committed to working on herself, both physically and mentally, wanting to be the best version of herself possible. And as everyone knew, when Missy put her mind to something, she couldn't be stopped. Hi, this is Daniel Roof, the Real GM Radio Podcast. It's a Texas showdown. The postseason and Bet Online is your number one source for all your baseball wagering information, up to the minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Everything you need to stay up to speed on each league championship series and through the World Series. Don't forget, Bet Online is where you have the latest game odds, present totals for the NFL and college football, plus real time updates on statistics, news, and odds. Serious up betting on football. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action at Bet Online, where the game starts. In 2014, Missy studied to be a fitness trainer at the International Sports Science Association. After receiving her accreditation, she began teaching at Camp Gladiator. Camp Gladiator is a four-week intensive fitness program that focuses on cardio and strength training through outdoor workout sessions. Missy was a trainer for the Midlothian branch of the camp. By 2016, Missy was committed to and in love with her new career as a fitness instructor. According to her husband, Missy was so committed to training that she didn't have time for other hobbies. She had tried many jobs throughout the years and finally found her true passion. Second, only being a mom to her daughters, now 15, 13, and 8 years old. 
Beyond loving her fitness career, it was something that Missy was able to use to connect with her daughters who also loved sports and exercise. She spent her time outside of work at Camp Gladiator, driving the girls back and forth to softball and soccer games, playing golf with them, or helping them practice. To all that knew her, Missy Beavers was described as a woman of God who loved her husband, children, and friends. More than anything, she was dedicated to taking care of herself, taking care of others, and being a good mother. No one had a bad thing to say about Missy Beavers. On the night of April 17, 2016, Missy posted on her Facebook page that she was going to be leading a Camp Gladiator class at 5 a.m. the following morning. Because of the forecast, the class had been moved from its original location outside to inside the Midlothian's Creekside Church of Christ. Along with the post, she shared a picture that read, If it's raining, we're still training. Ever the motivator, Missy wasn't going to let down any of those she was training. Having gone to bed early, Missy was up bright and early for her class on the morning of April 18, 2016. She arrived around 4.20 that morning at the Creekside Church to set up her boot camp. She headed into the building and into the room where she would be teaching the class. By 5 a.m., the students in her class began to arrive for their scheduled session, but nothing could have prepared them for what they found in the room. Missy Beavers was laying on the ground, unresponsive and in a pool of her own blood. She had been clearly hit on the head and had multiple puncture wounds on her chest. At 5.06 a.m., just minutes after arriving, the students who found her called 911. The paramedics arrived quickly, but it was too late. Missy Beavers, at the age of 45, succumbed to her injuries and died. The town of Midlothian and the Beavers family was in shock. Who would want to kill Missy, an active, well-liked member of the community? Was this a random attack, a burglary gone wrong, or was there someone out there who had a vendetta against Missy? The Midlothian police immediately began their search for answers, starting by checking the security footage from the church's surveillance cameras. The cameras were motion-activated, and they had captured perfect footage of what they assumed to be Missy's attacker. The footage shows that at 3.50 on the morning of April 18th, a person broke the glass of the back door of the church and forced it open. This person was dressed in what appeared to be full tactical riot gear. Their face was covered with a helmet. They wore gloves and shin guards. They had heavy boots on that appeared to be a little too big. And they were wearing a black vest with one word written on the back, police. The Midlothian police were in shock, but they were sure that the perpetrator wasn't a current member of their force. They were unable to tell from the footage if the gear was real or fake. From the video, they were able to determine that the person was between 5'2 and 5'8. They were slightly heavy set, but it was unclear if they were looking at a man or a woman. The most striking feature about them was their gait. The perpetrator walked with their feet pointed outward and had a distinctive limp. The footage that we came across on YouTube is chilling to the bone. In the footage, the alleged attacker can be seen casually walking through the church, not seemingly in a rush, breaking glass windows and opening random doors. They're obviously looking for something, but dressed in full tactical gear, what could it be? 
Strangely, they don't seem very driven or focused or panicked. There is something eerily calm and casual about the way that they open the doors and break things. The attacker carried a hammer and various tools attached to a belt that they used to nonchalantly pry open locked doors. As this person slowly moved off camera, Missy Beavers entered into the building and can be seen on the footage just after four that morning. There is no footage of the attacker entering or leaving the room that Missy was found dead in. Through the surveillance video footage and the broken glass left throughout the scene, police were able to put together a general path that the attacker took through the church. This path led investigators to their first theory of what happened to Missy Beavers on that morning. She was the victim of a burglary gone horribly, horribly wrong. As they looked closer, though, they began to see too many holes in this theory. Nothing was missing in the church, and Missy was still wearing the most valuable item in the building, her wedding ring. If this was a robbery, why would the attacker leave the most obvious valuable item? Furthermore, the person on the video footage wasn't walking like someone who was committing a robbery. There was no sense of urgency or purpose. They didn't check all of the rooms, only random ones, and they didn't show traits of someone who was there on a specific mission. This person was far too creepily calm. Police then considered another theory. Maybe this was just a vandal, looking to wreak havoc on the church, and when they encountered Missy setting up that morning, they decided to attack her. This theory has also been discredited. There are plenty of glass items that the vandal, who had free reign of the building for nearly half an hour, would have wanted to smash or break, but they were left untouched. Why would someone who just wanted to vandalize pass up so many possible targets? And then why would a vandal violently and aggressively murder a woman that they didn't even know? With the video footage of their prime suspect not giving them any leads, police were stumped. They were able to determine that Missy Beavers had died from a head wound from an unknown instrument, which they thought might have been the hammer that the person was holding in the footage and using the break glass. Though they didn't have many leads, the Midlothian police did know that they were dealing with a homicide, something that hadn't happened in their small town in years. The small police department just wasn't equipped to deal with such a heinous crime. Investigators recruited the help of the FBI and the U.S. Marshal's Office, but even then, they were only hit with dead ends. They couldn't even determine if Missy was the target of the attack, or just someone who had got in the way of the perpetrator committing a different crime. Police decided to share the footage of the person walking through Creekside Church with the public. They specifically asked for any information on anyone who walked with this specific gate a limp with their feet turned out. Immediately after releasing the footage, they were inundated with too many tips to handle, most of which were just random speculation. Midlothian police expanded their search from the church to see if they could find any footage of the attacker leaving the church. They were able to secure video footage from the sporting goods store across the way from Creekside Church. The footage was of the parking lot and showed a 2010-2012 Nissan Altima pulling into an empty lot and turning off their headlights at 1.58 that morning. The car idled there for a few minutes before turning on their headlights and leaving at 2.04, six minutes later. 
given that it was rare for people to be in that area. That late at night in the small town of Midlothian, police were quick to assume that there might be a connection between the car and Missy's attacker. Police also saw in the footage from the sporting goods store a dark SUV leaving the parking lot around 4.30 a.m. that morning. This was around the time that Missy Beavers was murdered. They thought that perhaps this was a getaway car for the person who attacked her. Investigators asked the public for help identifying either of these vehicles, but no one had any leads. In the days following Missy's death, Hundreds of people attended a vigil for Missy. The massive turnout was a testament to how much Missy's life had touched the people of Midlothian and Texas. Missy loved everyone, had worked so hard to help others, and many were grieving her loss. With so many people who had great things to say about her, it only made police more confused on who would want to cause her harm. With no other leads, police obtained a search warrant for her Ford F-150 truck, hoping that there might be some answers there to Missy's last moments and days. They were looking for receipts, bank statements, personal notes, anything that could connect Missy to someone who may have wanted to harm her. In her car, they found Missy's personal gun. In Texas, it wasn't uncommon to carry your firearm with you. But because Missy had left this in the car, police were able to infer that she then had no reason to believe that she was in immediate danger or going to be attacked that morning inside the church. For Missy, it was just another normal morning, doing what she loved. In this search warrant, police were also able to obtain access to Missy's phone and messages. Though everyone believed that Brandon and Missy had a perfect, happy marriage, what they found on Missy's phone led them to believe that this perhaps was just a facade. On her phone, investigators uncovered flirtatious and intimate messages on LinkedIn with a man whose name has not been publicly made yet. This, along with other information from her phone, told police that Brandon and Missy were having ongoing financial and marital struggles, as well as relationships external to their marriage. Furthermore, police were also made aware of strange and creepy messages from a man that Missy didn't know. She had shown these messages to a friend before she died, but Missy didn't think much of it, and she certainly didn't expect that they would lead to any harm. The name of the sender of these messages hasn't been released publicly, and it seems as if the police have cleared them as a suspect. In going through Missy's accounts, police saw that Missy had a large social media presence. She frequently posted about her family and about her upcoming events with Camp Gladiator. Police suggested that it was perhaps her post the night before with the time, date, and location of her boot camp that told her attacker where she would be that morning. In addition to gathering all of the evidence that they could from the crime scene and from Missy's life, police also considered a few prime suspects. First on their list was Missy's husband, Brandon Beavers. With the evidence of Missy possibly having an affair and the evidence that the family was having financial problems, police considered that this would be a solid motive for Brandon wanting to harm Missy. But Brandon had an alibi. He had left the day prior for an annual fishing trip in Mississippi. He was hours away that morning when the murder took place. 
Plus, even if he had somehow been in town, he didn't look anything like the person on the surveillance footage at the church. He was taller and didn't have the same strange walk. With Brandon unlikely to have been the killer, police and locals turned their attention to Missy's father-in-law, Randy Beavers. Though Randy didn't have a clear motive, many were quick to point out that his height and weight seemed to match that of the person in the video footage. Furthermore, his feet seemed to have a similar outward positioning. In the days after Missy's death, Randy had also brought a woman's white blouse into the local dry cleaners to be washed. The blouse was covered in blood. Randy explained that the blood was from a dog and that there had been a dog fight earlier at Brandon's sister's house. But given his relationship to Missy, the dry cleaner, out of an abundance of caution, decided to call the tip into the Midlothian police. The dry cleaner listed your shirt with the bloodstains on it as a women. Well, my wife's white shirt had bloodstains on it too. So both of us had bloodstains on her shirt and mine. So there are two shirts of blood on it? Yeah. So the dry cleaner calls and says there's blood on I don't know. I don't know what the dry I don't know the conversation between the cleaners and the police station. The police were able to run a test on the blood and determined that it was, in fact, from a dog. Randy attended a news conference to explain that the two dogs, a chihuahua and a much larger dog, had gotten into a fight. The larger dog had bit the chihuahua on the neck. In carrying the dog to the vet to try and save its life, it had lost lots of blood. Randy also had a solid alibi. He was in California when the murder happened. In the years since Missy's death, police have made it clear to the public that they do not consider Brandon or Randy suspects in Missy's murder. Hi, this is Daniel Rue the Real GM Radio Podcast. It's a Texas showdown in the postseason, and Bet Online is your number one source for all your baseball wagering information with up-to-the-minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. BetOnline has everything you need to stay up to speed on each league championship series all the way through the World Series. And don't forget, BetOnline is where you get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals for the NFL and college football right at your fingertips. BetOnline has real-time updates on statistics, news, and odds. We're serious up betting on football. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action at BetOnline, where the game starts. After a series of tips, police considered one more suspect, a former police officer named Bobby Wayne Henry. Investigators confirmed that Bobby still owned his riot gear from his time on the force, but he was adamant that it no longer fit him. Bobby had been fired in the late 1990s from the Midlothian Police Department over a sexual assault conviction. In addition to this history of violence, locals and internet sleuths pointed out that Bobby had a similar walk as the person on the video. Though he walked with a limp, he was significantly taller than the person in the video at six foot one. Bobby, at the time of Missy's murder, was working as a security guard and was working security at Missy's funeral. He also owned a Nissan Altima, similar to the one seen on the video footage in the sporting goods lot. But because of the height difference, police ruled out Bobby Wayne Henry as a suspect. He was just too tall to be the person in the video. I told them from the get-go I didn't know this woman. Never heard the name Missy Beavers before I heard it on the news. Since then, he has been arrested on unrelated charges of possession of child pornography. He's currently in jail, and police haven't investigated him further in connection with Missy's murder. It will have 
been six years this April since Missy Beavers was murdered at Creekside Church. Since then, no new leads have come up and no arrests have been made. The Beavers family is no closer to finding out who killed her than they were in 2016. But that hasn't stopped them and others from speculating over what happened that horrific morning. Some believe that it could have been a student or a co-worker who attacked Missy if they had some sort of grievance against her. Though they couldn't determine what grievance that could be, it would give them a motive. Others suggest that the tactical gear worn by her attacker was a means to get Missy to let her guard down. If she had run into them and thought it was a police officer, she might have thought she was safe. This would have let her attacker get close enough to hurt her before she could run away. Some suggest also that her attacker was in the church earlier that day, having done something to disable the security system. On the night that Missy was killed, the alarm hadn't been turned on. One thing police have made clear to the public is that they aren't ruling out the possibility that Missy's killer is a woman. Based on the height and the walk, some suggest that the person on the video is female. Despite earlier assumptions in press conferences, the Midlothian police have backtracked any statements that they are only looking for a man. It could be a person of any gender who killed Missy Beavers. Since the morning of April 18, 2016, the Midlothian police have worked hard to find answers for the Beavers family. Because of the public attention her case has gotten, Brandon and his daughters have received messages, both good and bad, with speculation by internet sleuths. Missy's eldest daughter, Hannah, shared that she'd received messages on Facebook from strangers telling her that they believe her father killed her mother. But Hannah doesn't let that get to her. She knows that her dad loved her mom and wouldn't have done this. Though he's trying to stay focused on caring for his daughters and helping them through their grief, Brandon hasn't stopped looking for his wife's killer. He told reporters that when he sees people with similar mannerisms and walks around Midlothian, he will follow them to their car, get their license plate, and call in a tip just in case. Despite the evidence of infidelity that was made public, Brandon still loves his wife. He treasures a voicemail she left just days before her death. In it, she says, Hey, sweetie, I was just calling to tell you I love you and good luck today. I love you. Have a good day. Brandon, like the Midlothian police, believed that the person who did this probably knew Missy and had a motive. This likely wasn't a random act, and Missy wasn't just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Someone was out to harm her, but given all the kind things people had to say about her, it's so hard to imagine what the motive could have been. In the last five and a half years, there are still no answers about what happened to Missy Beavers. Over 2,000 tips have been called in, and police have traveled across state lines to investigate. A reward of $50,000 has been offered for anyone who gives information that leads to an arrest. Missy's friends and family try to remember the good things about her, and they even host a 5K in her memory. In the first few hours of their inaugural race, they raised more than $13,000 to donate to the Boys and Girls Club in Missy's name. Hannah Beavers says that it would definitely help give her family some comfort knowing that the person that killed her mom isn't out there anymore. 
Anyone with information about this case is asked to contact the Midlothian Police Department at 972-775-7624 or call Ellis County Crime Stoppers at 972-937-7297. What do you want them to remember about her? Um, especially as this investigation goes on and police are relying on tips and help from the public, what should people keep in mind most about Missy? I would have to say that Missy is unlike any other spouse, wife, friend, mother. Um, you know, w- when you lose a loved one, you know, all of you people here, you have kids, you're married. I mean, you, you're, you know, it's, I know you're here for a story, but, uh, you know. Thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode. We will see you next week. Crime Salad is a Weird Salad production. Are you kidding me? That was perfect. Hi, this is Chris Hart, host of Plot or Chris Hart. BetOnline is your number one source for all your baseball wagering info with up-to-the-minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. BetOnline has everything you need to stay up to speed on each league championship series all the way through the World Series. And don't forget, BetOnline is where you get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals for the NFL and college football right at your fingertips. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on all the action. BetOnline, where the game starts.